Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast where we dig into God's Word together and find life through Jesus Christ. My name is Ben Blakey. It's Saturday, the 10th of October, 2020. As we start the weekend together, I want us to think about the promises of God. It is good for you as a Christian to put your faith, to trust the promises of God. As the the old hymn goes that we used to sing in my church growing up, standing on the promises of God. So that kind of begs the question, what exactly are those promises? What are the promises of God that you're trusting in? What are the promises of God that you are standing on? And today, as we look at Hebrews chapter 13, verses 1 through 16, we find some of just my personal favorite and just ones that I often come back to and find comfort in and put my trust in here in Hebrews chapter 13. And it actually comes in the context of some commands now that the writer of Hebrews, as he's wrapping up this this letter or really this sermon, uh, he, he lists these promises, but even it's in the context of, of money. Look at verse 5. It says, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? I love those two quotations together. The first really more of a promise, um, that God will never leave us or forsake us. Isn't that a good thing to know today? Isn't that a good thing to know, hey, whatever happens today or whatever happens tomorrow, God will never leave me or forsake me? And then I guess the second one is more of a response, but even there in the first line of it, the Lord is my helper and I can count on that. And therefore I will not fear what can man do to me. Uh, And those are promises that I think we should all come back to regularly. One of the first promises that should jump into our mind is that the Lord will never leave us or forsake us and that he is our helper. And one thing that that should then help us do is to be free from some of the worldly concerns that might be tempted to dominate our lives. It should hopefully set us free here from the love of money um, because we're not trusting in money. We're not trusting in possessions. We're trusting in the Lord. He's never going to leave me or forsake me. He's going to provide what I need. So I don't need to be anxious. I don't need to worry. And I certainly don't need to focus and make my life all about money. That is not what life is all about. And it picks up on this idea again in verse 14. Verse 14, it says, For here, really talking about in this world, we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come. And whether you're listening to this from where I'm talking here in Meridian, Idaho, or you live in Boise or Eagle or Nampa or Caldwell, or you, you live somewhere else in this world, you need to realize that is not your home. That is not your lasting city. We seek the city that is to come. And that's another promise, really, of God, 
that there is a city. We've seen that. We saw that especially in Hebrews chapter 11. There is a city that is coming. We know ultimately what we see in Revelation, the city of the new Jerusalem. And we think of the new heavens and the new earth. That's where our focus should be. So we want to put our eyes, we want to put our focus on the promises of God. And we need to do that because there can be some discouraging things around us. Uh, I want to turn now our attention to Jeremiah chapter 4 and 5. And, and here we start to see a little bit more of why Jeremiah is called the weeping prophet. Because we see some of his emotion in this passage as he is prophesying judgment that is coming against his nation, against the city that he loved, the, the Jerusalem in his time. And, and he doesn't really take it lying down. I mean, he is stirred up about this. What we read Jeremiah 4 and 5 today and look at verse 19 of chapter 4. It says, my anguish, my anguish, I writhe in pain. Oh, the walls of my heart. My heart is beating wildly. I cannot keep silent for I hear the sound of the trumpet, the alarm of war. Crash follows hard on crash. The whole land is laid waste. Suddenly, my tents are laid waste, my curtains in a moment. How long must I see the standard and hear the sound of the trumpet? Right, he is, he is mourning. And as he thinks about this disaster that is coming, he's saying, oh, I am in anguish. My heart is, is, is racing. I, I hear the judgment coming. And why? Well, then we see the quotations of God talking in verse 23. For my people are foolish. They know me not. They are stupid children. They have no understanding. They are wise in doing evil, but how to do good, they know not. And I think going through the prophets, we should see some connections. And and notice, we'll see it in Jeremiah. We saw it in Isaiah. A lot of the prophecies are focused on, obviously, God's people, the nation of Israel or the nation of Judah there, but they also prophesy to the nations. And so I do not think it is wrong as we read through these prophecies to think of our nation. And I think it would be right if we felt a little bit more of the anguish that Jeremiah feels. We should be discouraged by some things when we look at our nation. We should be concerned. We should be sorrowful because of what we see going on, that we see in our nation. They are wise in doing evil, but how to do good, people do not know. And that should concern us. And that should drive us to the promises of God, that even though we see sin in our nation, even though we might say, hey, judgment might be involved for our nation at some point in the near future. We say, but one thing I know in front of that is the Lord will never leave me or forsake me. Judgment might come on the United States of America, but the Lord will never leave me or forsake me or any of his people. Therefore, we say the Lord is my helper. Why should I fear? What can man do to me? And this will free us from worrying about just even our own material concerns and whatever the future might look like for there. And it will free us to focus on our mission. And I think we can think a little bit about our mission today as we read John chapter 1, verses 19 through 34. John 1, 19 through 34. We're here, we are uh, seeing John the Baptist. 
here in the, the gospel of John. So this book is written by the apostle John. And here he never refers to himself in this book by name, but so he's talking about John and we can clearly see this is what, who we refer to as John the Baptist. And they're talking to him. And we talked when we went through John chapter one, we see the unique elements of John the Baptist's role here. Uh, John the Baptist was a unique forerunner of the Messiah, even specifically prophesied in the Old Testament. And so you are not John the Baptist. I am not John the Baptist. He, he had a unique role kind of in the history really of, of salvation. But there are some things we can learn from him and we do share responsibility to be witnesses. We're not the unique forerunner of Christ, but we like John should be pointing people to Christ. In verse 29, he sees Jesus coming and he says, behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And that is a message that you and I should be declaring. In the midst of a sinful nation, we should be telling people, hey, there is a lamb of God who can take away sin. And that lamb is Jesus Christ. And we should realize this life is not about me. That's something we really see as the, the religious leaders come and they really pressure John to say, who are you? He makes it very clear. It's, it's not about me. It's about this one I'm, I'm pointing you to. I'm not even worthy to untie his, his sandals. It's about him. And so there are some good things we should see from John the Baptist, that same mission to point people to Christ, even if we don't have this unique prophesied role, and also a humility, realizing we're nothing, Jesus is everything, and we want to tell more people about him, and he's the one that will never leave us or forsake us. And that brings us finally to our wrapping up Psalm 118, looking at verses 25 through 29. And just a prayer of confidence, really. He cries out, save us, we pray, O Lord. O Lord, we pray, give us success. And in the midst of our nation, we should pray, God, save us. And then he goes on to, to talk about the Lord and what he has done. And you see gratitude in verse 28. You are my God and I will give thanks to you. You are my God. I will extol you. And then we see the familiar refrain at the end. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his steadfast love endures forever. So I hope you enjoy a great weekend. And as you look back on the week that has passed and you look forward to the week that has come, I hope you stand on the promises of God, that he will never leave us or forsake us, that he is our helper and that he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Mm-hmm.